Congratulations, you've made it to the honor roll. I'm Chris Dunn, and I'll be introducing you to the people who make Fayette County Public Schools excellent. Our district annually ranks among the best in both the state of Georgia and nation academically, and we want to shine the spotlight on everyone who helps our students thrive. Behind every successful school day is a team of people worthy of recognition, and they each have their own story to tell. Join us as we dive in and learn about their journeys, their inspirations, and their whys on the honor roll. Hey, I'm Chris Dunn here with the Honor Roll, and today uh, we've got a special guest here. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Ward Abel, um, a teacher here at McIntosh High School. I'm retiring this year. I've been here for 12 years um, teaching British literature and uh, debate, and I've been the debate coach also during that time period. And uh, it's the best job I ever had. I, I've loved teaching here. The, Colleagues are wonderful. Um, the administration has always been very supportive. And I've just loved being here. And the students, of course, is, yeah. that's the reason why we do this. So it's, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. And so uh, let's start with your early life. Tell us about where you grew up and went to school and all that. Okay. I uh, grew up in Jonesboro, Georgia, and uh, went to Jonesboro High School. After that, I attended uh, Georgia State, had an undergraduate degree in um, political science, did graduate work there and UGA before going to uh, law school at Mercer. And uh, I attended Mercer Law School 1983 through 86, graduated from there, and practiced law for 23 years uh, in the Henry County and Fayette County area mainly, uh, also up in College Park. And uh, finally uh, decided that I wanted to do what I really wanted to do, which is, which is teaching. And uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's been a fabulous career. Yeah. And so what was it that made you switch from law to teaching? Was it a particular moment or just? Well, it was a combination of, of circumstances, um, some of them uh, based upon the the economy at the time, and it, it more or less gave me the opportunity mm -hmm. to uh, to change. Yeah. Because uh, although law is a wonderful profession, mm -hmm. it is uh, it's uh, you know it it didn't press all my buttons. I guess right. you would say I was I, it put a lot of food on the table, but right. beyond that, and and by the way, put two of my daughters through uh, college and got them married. <laughs> but uh, besides that, um, didn't I speak to your heart. The didn't same speak way. to my heart exactly, and and this has been uh, something that allowed me to be very creative and yeah. uh, and uh, be my hopefully unique self. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any particular kind of law you practiced, or yeah, I mainly did uh, real estate law. Gotcha, and uh, also wills, you know, things like that. Gotcha, little little of everything at the beginning. Uh, even on the indigent list for a few years and went to the county jails yeah. uh, and did that kind of work, but mainly real estate. Gotcha. And then uh, who inspired you as to become a teacher? Is there any, anyone in particular? Well, you know, that's, that's a good question. I actually come from uh, three generations of teachers. Oh, wow. My grandmothers, both of them, were uh, teachers. Both of my parents uh, were teachers. 
Uh, my father was a uh, principal in Clayton County. Okay. My mother was a teacher for as many years, of course, uh, 30 some odd years in Clayton County as well. And, um, I, you know, I, I always felt, I always conducted my uh, home closings, that they, that they <laughs> call them, like a uh, seminar teaching yeah. type thing. So it was a combination of all of the above. And, I, you know, I, I, I love imparting information. Right. And so it's a, it's, it's, and um, by the way, my uh, oldest daughter's a teacher as well. Oh, okay. In Meriwether County. So okay. uh, we, we have a, a long history of it. So really, in a way, you found your way back into the family business. I think, I think <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. <laughs> and so why, uh, why English? Well, actually, I was certified in um, history, poli-sci, and English. Gotcha. Um, you know, my love of English is, mm -hmm. is literature since I'm a writer. I have written poetry almost all of my life, but published it, mm -hmm. um, uh, widely published it in the last 20 years or so. So I, I felt like I had a good uh, foundation for understanding right. the process of literature and as it turned out, it, it, it worked very well for me. Right. And then, well, and then British literature especially gets to combine your love of history as well. Absolutely. It was a chronological course, so it was a combination. Yeah. But I've always been an Anglophile as well. I attended uh, the, uh, uh, you know, a, a program through the London School of Economics uh, many, many years ago in, in London, and uh, Institute of European Studies is what they called it. And that just cemented my connection with Britain, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm a diehard Anglophile. <laughs> so do you have any particular favorite books or anything you like to share with the students? Well, it, specifically uh, within the course itself, um, of course, my uh, focus has always been the poets, even though that's right. not quite as fashionable maybe as it used to be, but, um, you know, people like Wordsworth and uh, Hopkins and yeah. some, of, some of the, you know, Tennyson Right, uh, I could go down the list, but it's it's all very fulfilling to teach it, mm -hmm. and hopefully I uh, gave it enough passion to where maybe two or three of them got something <laughs> out of it. So, and then one thing I was you know enjoyed learning about poetry is it, you know the more you study it, and then you can kind of connect it to like you listen to music in a different way. I feel like you can appreciate the words in a song much more. I absolutely, and I've been a lyricist for fifty years as well. I've yeah. I've released. Um, uh, with with very under various situations, I released <laughs> about twelve or thirteen albums uh, with my friend Steve Rawls. I have uh, recorded Abel and Rawls, Abel Rawls and Hayes. And back in the eighties, when I was young, even while I was a lawyer, yeah. I uh, recorded uh, two albums under the nom de plume Max Abel, uh, trying to stay a little bit anonymous. But uh, uh, so I had a record deal when I was in the in my twenties. It, and and it's all connected. You're right. Yeah. There there is no there is no part of all of that creativity mm -hmm. that is not uh, part of the whole in my mind. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you have different kind of poetry. You have Tennyson and Bob Dylan is a whole different Absolutely. kind of poetry that's yeah. worth analyzing. Absolutely. And and I've got a good friend who I think he worships at the Bob Dylan <laughs> Church. Um, it's a it's a um, it's it's fabulous mm -hmm. to to uh, see how. Contemporary work still has that same heart. Right. There's just so much power in, in words. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, before we dive back into teaching, then we we've, we've dab talked a little bit about let's some of your out of out of class hobbies. Let's talk about your music. What kind of 
kind of music was? What kind of genre? Uh, it's 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 rock and folk yeah. and and a little of everything. Quite frankly, right. I've I've uh, recorded with members of the of the band Kansas okay. and Collective Soul. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a a long connection with Real to Real Studio. Okay. Used to be in Stockbridge, and now it's in Jonesboro, and um, it's. Uh, I, I love playing acoustic guitar. I've got gotcha. I've got my baby Martin, and, uh, <laughs> and it is my baby. Yeah, and um, so it's it's a, a little of everything. Right. So, who were some of your musical influences? Oh gosh, I would say um, it changes over time actually. Right. But when I was young, when I was in high school, I would say maybe Peter Gabriel or Genesis. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting into the uh, Texas sound and people like Randy Newman as well gotcha. and uh, uh, Sinatra. I mean, yeah. you you just you just go down the line. It's right. hard for me to say I don't like it unless you know some of the, some of the new stuff mm-hmm. the young folks listen. To, <laughs> I'm not as into, but you know, hey, more power to them. Yeah, and Randy Newman's someone. That- his his words are poetic. He can really tell a story with a song. And he's a composer as mm-hmm. well. I mean, he he does soundtrack work. He's yeah. he, he does uh, satire, right. a lot of that, but he's also really serious at times. Mm-hmm. He's he's almost the consummate writer to me. Yeah, when he he's kind of like we talked about painting stories with words. I mean, I think how many generations he's touched with Toy Story. Oh, absolutely, like and and that's a that's a fabulous uh, body of work. There. Yeah, yeah. And then so let's talk about the poetry. Uh, you said you've been. How many how many books have you published? I, you know, I, I know this sounds silly, but sometimes I lose count. But mm-hmm. it's 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 I think it's twelve because I'm working on a new and selected co- uh, uh, collection right now, gotcha. which is going to be about 140 pages or so. There's a publisher in Canada that, that has been particularly nice to me, and uh, I think uh, that's going to be coming out sometimes later this year. But gotcha. Um, I've, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very prolific in that I'm almost always writing. Gotcha. And then let's, um, you know, as someone who's presumably read a lot, what was it like that first time to see your, your own work in print? It was very exciting. Uh, it, it kind of made me feel like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm really an artist. I'm really a poet. And, uh, although, um, now it's, it's very routine for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's very exciting because it tends to give you uh, a justification for all the time you put into <laughs> it. You know, you gotta you gotta be justified. Yeah. And uh, but it's it's very fulfilling to me yeah. because it's a way of, of looking into your own soul and, and answering questions that um, maybe um, other forms of creativity uh, don't allow you to discover and. Uh, you know, when it all comes down to it, we're the most uh, difficult thing to ever figure out anyway. So, you know, and I and I am certainly no exception to that yeah. rule. So. <laughs> so when you're sitting down to write, and you, you, which presumably I, I assume you always have a pen, pen and pad handy, uh, when you start writing, how do you know, like, this is a poem versus this might be a song? Or? That's a really good question. Uh, sometimes I'll be in uh, writing a poem, mm-hmm. and I'll say, this kind of makes more sense as a song, yeah. or vice versa. Right. Um, and again, I mean, when you look at the concept of poetry, it started out as music in the mm-hmm. early days of, around the oral tradition anyway. Right. Uh, you know, the Anglo-Saxons, they would they would sing their poems. They would, yeah. uh, you know, recite them and sing them. And it's, 
the the connection between poetry and music mm -hmm. is is uh, very solid right. and should be right. Um, advice for you know maybe a young aspiring writer, aspiring poet. Uh, and I've had several students, you know, uh, work on uh, poetry and, and things like that. And the main thing I tell them is to read as much as you can get your hands on and find poets that you think uh, you connect with and, you know, read them and read them, read new people and write as much as you can. Um, maybe 90% of what you write won't work, but that 10% can be magic. That's what you aim for. It's really you got it. You got to find your voice. Absolutely, really what I like to say. And we all have it somewhere. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so let's we'll kind of dive back into teaching for a minute. Um, what makes Macintosh special? Uh, you know, I, 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 this is going to sound very self-serving, but um, I tell the students that come through uh, my classes, whether they be the debate classes or the Ridley classes, is. This hall in the English department in this school, they are just mm -hmm. amazing people. They are highly professional, brilliant people. Um, they know what they're doing. Uh, they, um, and it makes someone like me who came from another career right. uh, really appreciate how hard they work and, and just how smart they are yeah. and how they can uh, take a really difficult subject English mm -hmm. and and turn it into something really, I think, interesting. Also, the students here are um, are very motivated, generally right. speaking, and uh, have have really been a pleasure to teach. They they, they become like our family. Right. And, and and again, I know that sounds cliche, but if you're doing this for a living and really doing it right, right, you have to be connected with the students and the teachers here are just so good at doing mm -hmm. that. Um, and there are a hundred other reasons, but this is just a, this is such a great school and, and we have, have been blessed in the county in general, yeah. of course. And one thing I've always appreciated too is there's, it's, it produces a lot of well-rounded students. There's like heavy influence on, on fine arts here as well, which is something oh, yes. you can appreciate. Absolutely. Just brilliant young people in so many ways. Um, talented, creative, um, smart yeah. in general. They're a lot smarter than I mm -hmm. uh, have been, and so uh, <laughs> it's 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 impressive. Yeah. So, um, what's next? Was retirement? What what made now the right time to retire? I'm of the opinion that um, I wanted to go out uh, still able to do 120 percent mm -hmm. uh, in my job. I feel like if if you're starting to wane a bit, mm -hmm. then uh, it's too late. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 64 uh, last week. I just mm -hmm. turned 64. And um, quite frankly, you never know how long you have. So right. I want to go out feeling good, mm -hmm. physically, mentally, and uh, be able to now uh, devote time to my family. I've got a new grandchild. Oh, She'll okay. be three this fall. We love her, Autumn. And, um, and and my family in general, my two daughters, my wife, who retired from Fayette County as well. She was a school counselor at Kedron, uh, Abigail Abel. And so uh, I want to ride, I want to travel this summer. We're going to do a cross country. We're driving all the way to uh, Glacier Park oh, wow. by way of the Black Hills and coming back through the Tetons. And 
I just want to get some ideas, and yeah. uh, I want to volunteer. I want to, you know, work in my church some, and, yeah. and all of the above. Uh, you know, life is just going to change, but it's not going to hopefully slow down too much. Yeah. And I love to hike, by the way. Just okay. hiked Sproul Bluff yesterday. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things. It will be nice to, to be able to travel and not be on a deadline. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying. So, um We've covered quite a bit here, so let's. Uh, the question I like to ask everyone is, uh, so "What's your why? Why do you love? Why do you love this? Why do you love teaching?" We kind of covered it, but it's it, it it is really hard for me to put into words. But uh, young people have such uh, a difficult road ahead of them, particularly mm-hmm. today. I feel like we're in very difficult times historically socially, culturally, mm-hmm. and um, if I can have any part mm-hmm. in contributing to their, um, you know, the, what they have become, what they will become, give them a little wisdom, what little I can give them, yeah. uh, make them realize that they are indeed unique, special individuals right. uh, who can stand on their own two feet. If I can do any of that and be creative and expose them to brilliant ideas from the past, then I have more than done my job. And, and it's it's always a work in prog- progress. And, you know, every year you have closure, you have the end of the year, and you can start all over again as well in the fall. So it's it's a one-of-a-kind job that, like I, like I said to begin this with, yep. it's, it's been my dream job, truly. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I'm very thankful and appreciative of having the opportunity to have done it. And I mean that from the bottom yeah. of my heart. Well, and like I said, it, it's, you know, tougher time than ever for students. But if you can kind of help them figure out how to express themselves, I mean, that's that's huge. That's a, that's a life skill that not everyone has and every, everyone could use it. If you can be unique with all of the influences that they have to try to mold them into some other thing. If if an individual, if a young person can end up being unique, despite all of the pressures around them, then I think uh, you're really, really an impressive individual. And I think we have plenty of them here. So. Gotcha. Thank you so much for your time. And Thank congratulations you. on retirement. Thank you, sir. This has been an official podcast of Fayette County Public Schools. For more stories from our district, visit us online at fcboe.org, where you can also find links to our social media channels. If you know someone you would like to see featured on a future episode, email us at dunn.chris at fcboe.org. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for joining us on the honor roll. Class dismissed.